There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to One Up Delivered Through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy. Joining me is Carl. How are you doing, bud? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. It's... A beautiful sunny day, and somehow it's 20th of September, which sounds weird to me, but hey-ho, global warming and all that jazz. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, how, how, well, how's the weather? Let's be, I'll be British about this. You can be awkwardly Irish. <laughs> uh, it's dull here, but it's not raining, which, you know, when it's not raining in Ireland, you just kind of take it. Take, that's, that's that's good weather, if it's, exactly. it's dry. Exactly. Right, anywho, we are here to review the THQ Nordic 10th anniversary event, which will sum up our general thoughts on it just after the news, but we'll start with the news, Carl. I mean, we've got a, a few stories. I mean, the first one, I don't know if it's linked to what we may have brought up on the PlayStation event, but it, it's it's something. Yeah, so obviously this does link into when we actually previewed uh, the PlayStation event. There was one of the rumors seemed to touch on this, but maybe they just weren't quite accurate with the the rumor. Um, so Legendary Racing Series Wipeout returns with a mobile idle game, and this comes from story comes from Chris Holt over at Engadget, and Chris writes. It's been a few years since the last Wipeout game, so fans may be pleased to hear there's a new title on the way. However, Wipeout Rush is quite different from what long-term fans might expect. It's a card-based mobile game in which you'll manage a team of competitors instead of controlling any anti-gravity ships directly. Quote, if I want that visceral, immersive, intense racing experience, I'll find it waiting on PlayStation, end quote, Matt Casamine. Casa Massina, CEO of developer Rogue Games, told IGN, quote, but at the same time, we're delighted that we could rethink Wipeout for mobile with some fun new play mechanics and gorgeous visuals, end quote. Wipeout Rush features more than 60 ships from across the Wipeout series. The single-player campaign contains 12 championship cups that take place across five environment with environments with unique tracks as well as a story told through comic book style visuals there's also an electronica soundtrack from long-standing sony composer alistair lindsay while rogue says you'll be able to play it at up to 60 frames per second it might not be the full-on wipeout experience that veteran players might have been hoping for on say ps5 
but it could kickstart the revival of a series that's been part of PlayStation's DNA for over a quarter of a century. Wipeout Rush will hit iOS and Android later this year, and you can get the full story over than Gadget. So, as I alluded to, God, that there was rumours ahead of the PlayStation Showcase that Wipeout was set for a revival, and that it wasn't the case, as there, there wasn't any announcement at the Showcase, but we have a mobile game, you know, is is, is that a disappointment, or, you know... Or is it kind of like a a positive sign for fans? What do you think? It's good for me. <laughs> I can play it without dusting off the uh, the PlayStation. Um, yeah. No one likes a phone game, do they? When they're expecting a full game. That's probably how to sum it up. I, I think it's a perfect game for phone, to be honest. But, yeah... When was the last Wipeout game? Must have been a little while ago. There was the collection on um, PS4 that also then uh, kind of had a VR capabilities. Mm. Um, so that would have been I'll get it up now. Yeah. The, the Omega collection, mm-hmm. and it came out in 2017. So, so it's not too far away, but it's probably it's probably due. Um. A new installment, or even a next-gen remaster, or whatever. Well, uh, just putting in better graphics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, f- I think it's perfect for phone. But people who wanted this on PlayStation, it will annoy them because I mean, there's probably a reason. That's probably the reason it wasn't shown at the showcase, is it? I mean, do you remember E3 all them years ago where we watched that crappy EA one and it was Command and Conquer on phone? Oh crap, was a Obviously, yeah. I don't think it's not the it's not the same as Wipeout, but it would have annoyed people, I presume. But yeah, it's uh, it's good for it's good for me because I can play it on my phone, and probably a few people. I mean, I always have one phone game I'll just play, whether you're on the loo, whenever you're just bored in bed, or the, whatever you're watching on TV crap. This this might become it, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I can see why it'd be annoying. How, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I think it's not just the the fact that it's it's mobile. I mean, that that's always um, kind of you know a pet peeve of a lot of gamers when they've been waiting for a, a game in a certain series, and then we get um, obviously a, a mobile announcement, and it's it's just a bit deflating. Um, however, I think what what makes it even worse is the fact that this isn't even like you know your standard racing game it's a it's a card based game um you know it's 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 not really the hands-on wipeout game that that people would have liked i think even if it was a you know kind of more traditional wipeout game on mobile that'd be easier for fans to swallow but the fact that it's a departure from the the main series is is going to be uh, disappointing and i mean it doesn't rule out that you know a mainline game could be in the works obviously when sony uh, acquired fire sprite um as we discussed on on last week's news uh, there 
his suggestions obviously with a lot of the the people there used to be part of Sony Liverpool who were the custodians of the Wipeout series so perhaps they could revive Wipeout and of course there is also Creative Vault Studios who developed the aforementioned Omega collection and strangely actually their website still seems to highlight the, the Omega collection so You'd wonder what they're they're working on now. It's it's clearly been a while for them. Um, so there's a possibility that maybe they could could return with a, a further game in the series. Um, but for now, obviously the 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 last thing they did, as I said, was the the collection. They they did the VR update for it in 2018. So you know, three years quiet. You you expect to hear from them on what their next project is before long and and um, i'm sure fans will be hoping that it's a it's another wipeout game and um, but i suppose that the jury's out on that one yeah i think we'll wait and see but if the phone game does well you'll probably see a um a full installment of it so yeah why not but yeah i'll probably download it on my phone and just have it there in the background unless it's one of them that just destroys your phone and your battery <laughs> um but we'll see um next new story i'll read this one splitgate will have forge mode before halo infinite dev insists this is from euro eurogamer from ishrak subhan splitgate will get its own version of forge mode before it arrives in halo infinite developer 1047 games has said in a response to a tweet by KFC Gaming, of all places, the official Splitgate account announced the plans. Forge Mode, which made its debut in Bungie's Halo 3, lets players edit and create playable maps that can be shared with the community. Earlier last month, current Halo developer 343 Industries announced co- Campaign Co-op and Forge for Halo Infinite are delayed until after the game's December 8th launch. 1047 recently received 100 mil in funding sparked by the surprise success of Splitgate, which now has over 13 million downloads. A Forge-like mode for Splitgate would be fitting due to its uncanny resemblance to Halo. It's often being described as Halo meets Portal game. The weight of Halo with a neat borrowing from Valve makes the shooter to remember, said Vicky Blake in Eurogamer's review of the game. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Carving. I know you played it. I'm not sure how much you did play it, but the maps seem... Well, it seems like... I wouldn't say easy, but if you let your community run wild with that, I could see it being really successful. Yeah, I mean, the maps are quite uh, simple, based on what I played. Um, You know, really remind you of early Halo, and potentially, in, in some cases, even more simple than the early halo games um so i i I think uh forge mode would be very easy to implement um and very easy for for players to to get to grips with and so it makes a lot of sense but i mean it's it's just embarrassing really for for three four three industries that this indie studio that kind of has gotten out ahead of them to begin with 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 their game and have got a lot of fans on board that were have been waiting a long time for a new halo game to to get synced their teeth into and now they're going to get their a forge mode out ahead um of of halo infinites which really highlights what a joke it is that that halo infinite after being delayed for 
12 months isn't going to have all its game modes on launch. I mean, it just it just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, and well, I think we've spoken numerous times on how Free Fall Free have kind of, well, and Microsoft and Xbox by extension, but Free Fall Free especially, um, they've just done a bad job with the Halo franchise, and yeah, the fact it got delayed a year, the horrid showcase from a year ago with what's he called? What's that boy uh, called? Uh, I can't. I can't think of his name. <laughs> name. Halo. I don't think that was it. Mm-mm-mm. I can't really remember his name. Anyhow, um, but yeah, it, it is kind of. It's kind of embarrassing. Obviously, Halo will be a lot more detailed than Splitgate, or you bloody well hope it will be. But Free Fall Free's got literally unlimited funds from one of the biggest companies in the world. The one, the, the company, the company in this industry spending the most money in this industry, unless ten cent of being buying more stuff whilst I'm not being paid attention. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is kind of embarrassing, and we do, we still don't have a time unless I've missed it. We don't have a time frame on uh, even co-op campaign. Never mind Forge mode. So yeah, it, it's disappointing from that regard. But in terms of Splitgate, as we said, I think <clears throat> I think it does fit because, as we said, it's almost like I don't mean this as a criticism, but it's almost like blocky maps, which you could see easily put together with a nice UI, almost like Minecraft E. You just literally put blocks together, and and it works like that. I think, I think we've even seen like games like Doom and stuff like that put put them in. Um, so I think I think it'll work really well. It just depends how advanced people can go with it. But back in the day, we saw some mad Halo creations. Hopefully, the Splitgate community can can do the same. I mean, who who wouldn't want to play like Cops and Robbers again? <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, it'll be interesting to see kind of. Um what it brings to to Splitgate in, in terms of um, kind of uh, especially with the, the community and what, uh, you know, it's what was a big, big part of Halo in the past has been the, the Forge community and the different different game modes and uh, some game modes which even then ended up being adopted by by Bungie um, had their origins in, in Forge so it'll, it, it'll just bring Splitgate to a whole new level, really, and because you know, it, unlike Halo, it, it doesn't have a campaign, it, it doesn't have co-op, um, it, it really is all about the multiplayer and giving people the the ability, you know, to to make it their own sandbox, design levels, design game modes, is is how you bring that kind of game to to the next level. So it's a it's it's a big move um, by that studio. And um, uh, as I said, they're just you know it's it's a sh- I I don't mean to to disrespect Splitgate by focusing on how it how it uh, reflects on on three four three, but I I just can't afford can can't help but to, to do so because it's just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we we both fans of Splitgate, so hopefully it does well, but. If anything, it's just going to hopefully inspire or annoy 343 into, well, 
it doesn't really matter when it comes out now because it's not on launch, but make Forge mode great and make, well, co-op campaigns, co-op campaign. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it inspires 343 to pull that finger out. Um, anywho, uh, one more new story from us, and we may have a couple things to discuss, like rumours and stuff, but yeah, maybe not. But um, new Star Wars game from Quantic Dream being rumoured, Carl. I mean, th- this is good news for me. Yeah, so a new Star Wars game from Quantic Dream, rumoured to have been in development for 18 months. This comes from Vicky Blake and Ben Tyra over at Games Radar. And they write, Heavy Rain and Detroit become human developer. Quantic Dream is reportedly working on a new Star Wars game. Though we can only write this up with a sceptical bucket of proverbial salt right now, Two different sources have said similar things in recent weeks, citing that following the end of the studio's three-game exclusivity deal with Sony, it has now signed up with Disney. Quote, they've now finished their contract with Sony and will be signing with Disney, end quote, French YouTuber Gotaz teased earlier this week. Quote, it looks like they will be working on a Star Wars game, end quote. Dual Shockers Tom Henderson has separately hinted the same thing too although a touch more subtly. Instead, Henderson posted an image of a red and blue lightsaber crossed in front of a Detroit Become Human android. Is it definitely happening? Not even slightly. But it's interesting that two separate sources have made similar claims so close in time to each other, and Henderson has been proven correct in regards to leaks they've made in the past, so watch this space, I guess. Quantic Dream has been pretty quiet lately, beyond the surprise re-release of Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy, depending upon where you are in the world, last year. Back in February, Quantic Dream unannounced a new game was in the works, which it hopes will explore new ways of video game storytelling. In an interview, studio head David Cage discussed Quantic Dream's ambitions for its next game and outlined his desire for, quote, Meaningful experiences, questioning players' moral values, end quote, that make the player the hero. Quote, I also believe that there are other ways of telling moving and emotional stories that we haven't tried out yet, and I'm really interested in exploring new directions, end quote, Cage said at the time. And you got the full story over on Games Radar. So, Guy, as you said, you're you're interested in, in this one. Um, why? Because I'm an Xbox man, and I've never got to play one of these goddamn games, but Detroit Become Human looks perfect for me. Heavy Rain was, like, I was quite young when that came well, out. young, but I was still a teenager when that came out, and I always wanted to play that game, but I never had a PS3. Only had a PS4 to play Spider-Man and God of War, pretty much, uh, and a couple of us. But I really want to experience one of these games on, on my cons- console of choice. And the fact that it's a Star Wars game obviously doesn't mean it's going to be a, the same type of game, like picking choices. It's very conversational. You've obviously played uh, most of their games, so you could probably comment more on how it actually plays. But I I could see that playing really well in a big universe like, like Star Wars. Because I'm sure you'll comment on it more than me, as I say, but you look... At the bits and bobs I've seen of Detroit Become Human, the world looks really interesting. Um, Heavy Rain's obviously well known for its characters and stuff like that. So I think if you have a 
a source material such as Star Wars where it it's got lore after lore after lore after lore, character after character, and however it fits in, whether it's completely new or it's based on other stuff, I, I could see it being really good. And obviously, where, a game like that where you're picking on morals and stuff, you, you've obviously naturally got the light side v the dark side and then grey Jedi and all that all that stuff. So I think it could re- work really well. And if it is true, the rumour, I mean, if it has been working on it 18 months, hopefully we see something on it probably within the next year or so. It, it, it'd be one I'd really keep an eye out for. Yeah, well, I, I'd be quite the, the opposite to you in that I've, I've played plenty of Quantic Dream. Um, I mean, they've, they have, I believe, five games to date, and I've completed three of those. Um, I've completed Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy, if you're on the other side of the Atlantic. I've finished Heavy Rain, and I've finished Detroit Become Human, and all three are absolute classics like most plays in in my view i mean as far as storytelling and in games goes you know it's very difficult to to touch a a quantic dream game they're right up there for their ability to to tell a story and i know they are very much narrative based games you know there's there's not a, a massive amount of gameplay in these um especially their earlier games are very much quick time events um which i'm not particularly good at quick time events so i'd often get like the worst possible um <laughs> outcomes in uh, particularly in fahrenheit uh, i think i got like the worst ending in that game but sure i i, I still enjoyed it um but they're the great at what they do and it's funny i, I think of you know while, while they're very different types of, of game in in a lot of ways I do tend to often look at Quantic Dream and, and look at Telltale in the way that, you know, they're similar mm. in, in terms of being very heavy on story and, and you know, get gameplay is secondary. And it was always interesting how Telltale got to take on all these different kind of popular IPs, Batman, you know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy and, and the like, while Quantic Dream have always kind of stuck to original IP like of their own creation and and you know as I said they've been fantastic but I always kind of wondered what it would be like if they took on a kind of an existing IP and made it their own and Star Wars is one we, we really haven't you know we've got a lot of different kinds of Star Wars games but we've never really had this kind of game this kind of adventure you know kind of choose your path type game with Star Wars, so I think there's a a lot that could be done with, with that, and some interesting stories that could be told. So I'd, I'd be really intrigued by this, and I I, I put a lot of weight on the rumor. I I, I believe um, Tom Henderson came out again and and spoke about it later in the week and suggested that 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 um you know he has heard that they've been working on it for a, a spell, but he said he gathers that it's it's a bit it's still a little far off at this point so I, i'm not sure we'll hear about it soon but you know maybe 18 months down the line we we could hear something uh, official and um you know as someone who can never get enough of star wars games and as i said a fan of quantic dream i, I think this one would be one i'll be definitely jumping on when we do eventually hear something about it yeah absolutely 
Absolutely. Um, it, it'd be, as I say, I've not experienced one yet, and I've always looked forward to one, so hopefully hopefully not too far away, but as long as it's good, I don't mind waiting. Um, but before we get on to THQ, I mentioned a couple rumours to you beforehand, well, before we start recording, I should say. Xbox like rumoured, we like we don't have a story connected, but there is rumours that they're looking at another acquisition. I mean, I think we well, I jokingly said I like acquisitions, but it'd be nice to have some game. <laughs> We've had less games than acquisitions, so it'd be nice to get some some games made from all these new studios. But it it, it wouldn't surprise if Microsoft made an acquisition. It's rumoured to be a big one, but any idea what that'd be? I mean, we said WB. Some people have said Ubisoft, which I can't see happening. Uh, Bungie, slight rumours as well. I mean, firstly, your thoughts on an actual acquisition and any thoughts who it would be? I honestly prefer they don't make any further acquisitions because, I mean, in general anyway, I think the video game industry has become a little too consolidated in in recent years. I mean, we've we've seen... uh, Microsoft pick up a ton of studios as well as picking up a, a publisher in Bethesda. We've seen EA pick up Codemasters. We've seen Embracer Group pick up more studios than I can count. And we, we've seen Tencent and NetEase invest, you know, either get a, a complete, the complete pie or a slice of the pie in, in a lot of companies. So it feels like, you know, very few people control the, the video game industry these days and, and that's that that's not how i like the the industry to be so you know there, there's that reason and there's also the reason looking at microsoft individually i think it was necessary for them to expand their their studios but i think they've done that and they have the studios there they have the talent and now it's about just showing that they can run those studios well and get the games out because I think even when they didn't have many studios, I don't think they were maximizing the productivity of those studios. I mean, like they had Rare working on Kinect games for a large point where they, they had them. They obviously sent Lionhead to an early grave. You know, I, I'm not going to say mismanaged, but I can see why that accusation mm-hmm. could be made. So I just want to see quality now from from Microsoft. I don't need more quantity. They have plenty of studios. Um as for who it could be, you know, it's the same rumors as you said WB, um Square Enix, Sega. I could see a, a Japanese acquisition because I, I know um Phil Spencer apparently recently commented on how he's disappointed with how the Xbox platform has performed in in japan over the years and that he'd like to change that and i know there's there's talk they have made moves to to kind of secure rpgs and stuff for game pass and things like that but you know that maybe they might do something on a on a larger scale so i think maybe if, if anything makes sense it could be a japanese acquisition i hope to god it's not square Enix, um, because I wouldn't like to see their games going exclusive on Xbox. Um, 
And like all the big ones have got timed exclusivity with PlayStation. Sony, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd, it'd be strange. It'd be very strange. And I think Square Enix has a lot of history with both PlayStation and, and Nintendo, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Um, again, Capcom's another one who has a lot of history on the PlayStation and and um, Nintendo, Nintendo platforms. Yeah, Monster Hunter wouldn't. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? You know, it'd, it'd be interesting if they potentially picked up Konami's IPs, which, funny enough, has been something that has been rumored yeah. for Sony for for a long time, and and that's maybe one that seems realistic because I'm sure Konami would be happy to sell for the the right price. Um, but there there's smaller Japanese companies that I I think could make even even more sense, uh, a lot more sense. You know, Platinum jumped mind, even though there's a bit of bad bad blood supposedly with with microsoft given uh what happened with scalebound hmm. um we can bring it back <laughs> yeah but the, i mean yeah maybe picking picking up a, a small you know just a, even a single japanese studio could be a, a nice acquisition because at the moment the only japanese studio they have is tango gameworks which obviously they got as part of the bethesda takeover mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the only thing I I personally you know th- think would would make sense would be a, a Japanese acquisition. I, I, I you know I don't think they need any more Western studios. I think they have a, a lot there. I mean, do, do you have any any thoughts on that? No, I quite like the Japanese idea. Um, makes sense to me. Just maybe not even an acquisition. Some sort of deal with. Disney, like not in terms of like an exclusivity thing with with certain games, but I want a goddamn superhero game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, stuff like that would probably be more of an. In- Obviously, I'd love an acquisition for, for for my for my choice of gaming things, but as you say, I mean, Xbox isn't short of of, of quality game studios, and and we're yet to see what some of the newer ones can do with. with a lot more funding, such as Ninja Theory and uh, and the like. So it'd be interesting to see with them. But yeah, as you say, a Japanese one could make sense for, for the reasons you say. Um, but yeah, a deal or some sort. Obviously, we have um, Indiana Jones with um, what they're called, machine thingy. What are they called? Machine games. That's it. I had it. I had it and then bottled it. Um, so yeah, I got that. Maybe not an exclusive character or something like that, but I think there has been rumours of like a Mandalorian game and stuff like that. I'd like to see more details on stuff like that because it, it's an easy win for Sony. And I, I'm not one of these console war people, but it's an easy thing where you go, PlayStation has exclusive rights on Spider-Man for understandable reasons, but they also have it for, for Wolverine. They're like, oh, he's a Mandalorian game. I'll use that example, but... Stuff stuff like that, I'd be more interested than than an acquisition, unless it is something mental like buying WB because you know um, they have some of the best developers. Obviously, probably won't get. We we've mentioned this on other podcasts, but you probably won't get the uh, the DC characters and stuff with it, would you? So, but uh, yeah, Rocksteady would be lovely, but. I want to see what other people do first. So yeah, um, I, I share your thoughts with it. Really, I mean. I won't turn down an acquisition, but like, it'll probably not. It, I can't see it being anything huge. I don't see why. Although I'd, 
who would have sold Bethesda selling because they weren't exactly doing badly, were they? But time will tell, and if anything breaks, we'll obviously be back to talk about it. Um, I was going to mention this on the What We've Been Playing bit, but before, uh, I almost said Bethesda. Battlefield got delayed a month. Uh, we seem more excited by that than, say, COD, for example, which I will talk about later on when we do get to What We've Been Playing, but... A month delay. I mean, the only worry for me is if that spirals into a longer delay, which we've we've seen in in, in recent time. Is that be the main worry for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm never going to complain about a, a delay because the, the 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 best approach for a studio is to to put the game out when it's ready. And I think um, with Battlefield, you you can look back at um, when Battlefield. Four launched and it was an absolute shit show um, you know and that's that's uh, probably not too distant in people's memories so you know we, we wouldn't want the same thing to happen here um, that Battlefield 6 would, la- would launch and be uh, an absolute mess um, or Battlefield 2042 rather um, so we don't want that so I think it's, it's probably a smart move if they're not quite ready to go but it is a move that could have some impact when, given that now it means that that Call of Duty gets out two weeks ahead, and you know already you're you're up against it to dethrone Call of Duty. So I'm, I'm sure that's why they were probably hoping to get out ahead of of COD. But obviously, as I said, it is what it is. They have to get the game out in a in a good uh, state, and obviously that's what they're aiming to do. So. Um, as I said, t- take all the time they need and, and get it out when it's ready. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's annoying because I was looking forward to playing it, but yeah, as you say, I mean, Cyberpunk's the obvious example, but Battlefield have experience of it with themselves, but just delay it. People, people, I think we always say people forgive a delay, but they won't forgive a bad game. Um, so yeah, and they won't forget a bad game either. So yeah, t- take your time. Hopefully it is just the month that they need. Because I say they'll forgive a delay, but when they delay it, then delay it again. And then it's just like, just take a longer delay. Stop pissing about. But yeah, hopefully it's just a month. But yeah, to be fair, a game like 2042, where it is just multiplayer, I we haven't seen the beta yet, so hopefully that'll have good impressions. But yeah, a game like 2042... You, you, It'll probably improve over time anyway. So as long as it's not like a horrendous state, you could probably launch it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I am looking forward to it. Um, But the reason we're here, Carl, is to talk about the THQ Nordic 10th Anniversary Showcase. Um, Overall thoughts, I'm probably expecting a bit more considering... They're talking about stuff we've not seen in years, but I suppose we got that with a game we'll talk about in a sec, but it's it's not one I'm familiar with, but not loads there, but some of it looked fun. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was a decent showcase, you know, a little underwhelming, you know, I I think my expectations were maybe set a, a little higher given particularly that it was an, an anniversary showcase and they've gone out of the way to have it. But uh, I, I felt, you know, there there were some good-looking games in there, and also it was respectful of your time. And I think, as we often highlight, how important that is 
for us when it comes to these showcases. You know, we we don't want our time wasted. There was very little frail here. You were generally jumping from trailer to trailer, and you know, get games weren't overstaying their welcome. We were getting on to the next thing. So I, I think all in all, it was a, a decent showing. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think we got what we expected, and I think again, I think you mentioned it, <laughs> hinted at early with the Embracer Group buying anyone. You don't know what what's um, THQ, what's um, was a silver hand, and so we don't know where whatever is wherever. But yeah, I think I think we got a, a good collection of games. Some of it looked interesting. Some of it, well, Out, Outcast especially. I think that was the one they hinted at where it's bringing a, a new IP, an old IP, back to life. it's not something I'm familiar with, but it looks looked impressive. So, yeah, um, bringing new stuff that well to me and probably another generation because I think it was '99 the first one came out. So obviously I was five back then. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. But we'll, we'll go through it game by game. And do you want to start with the one that I think everyone expected? Because I think it pretty much leaked before, didn't it? Yes, yeah, Sony leaked it ahead of things. Um, yeah, so the first game up was Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed from Black Forest Games. Um, I mean, it, it was a great way to start things. Uh, I mean, having the the sort of trailer for the game be, be linked to uh, America by Ramstein. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a big Ramstein fan. I love them. So, I mean, that, that really got my attention. Um, I mean, we talked about it on the preview. I I loved the original games. I've been meaning to play the remake for a while. Um, so that this is just a, another one to, to add to the list. You know, the Destroy All Humans games are just so fun. I mean, I, I it's the kind of game you can just jump into and you don't need to even follow the objectives. You can just destroy everything. That, that was pretty much my MO when I played Destroy All Humans, was just to, to erase everything on the map. Um, and that that's how I went about it. So they're they're just a lot of fun, and it's it's great that they're gonna 
given the the series that the spotlight that it deserves. I mean, there's there's already strong rumors of a Destroy All Humans three coming in the not so distant future. So that's it's awesome to see. I mean, what what were your thoughts on that one? The song was fun. <laughs> I really like the song. Um, I think everyone our age likes a bit of Ramstein now and again, don't they? No, I, I grew up... I, I did hardcore play this when I was a kid. I played Destroy All Humans 1. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I played 2 as well. But it, it, it's just a fun game, isn't it? It's, it's almost in that arcade manner. We see like we mentioned Saints Row a couple of shows ago, didn't we? It's like that. It's like a, just a fun sandboxy type game and yeah, it's almost like takes the mick out of certain people because you know, Roswell inspired and stuff like that. <laughs> but it, it is just fun. It, and, and I haven't picked up the first one, but I might do. I, I might do. It's not really inspired by um, this showing, but it's they're just fun games, aren't they? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it, it's just when you want to just mindlessly mess about in a game, and as I said, you don't need to pay attention to the to the story or the the objective. You know, it's it's not a you know a challenging game in my recollection. You know, it's it's just as you said, it's just a complete sandbox. It's it's the perfect setting for a sandbox game almost is to, to be a UFO just kind of making your way across the, the countryside, you know, abducting cows and using Hitting your death. people for no reason. <laughs> yeah, disguising yourself as housewives and sneaking about. It's just, it's just real. As you said, I think that fun is the best way to describe the, the series. So it's, as I said, it's, fantastic that they're paying it its dues at, at this point after kind of leaving the the ip dormant for so long mm. yeah yeah that was the thing i think that's what we're kind of seeing from thq as well it, it's not afraid to bring stuff back but I mean, remasters and uh hd remakes and stuff like that are all, are all um all the craze right now um but outcast 2 a new beginning i they seem to big up the first one, but you're just a tad older. I mean, do you remember the first one? Or have I ever heard of the first one? I've been aware of it. Um, I believe it got a remake more recently, right? Um, so, or at least a remaster. Um, but I haven't actually played it myself. Um, I was I was aware of kind of the the premise roughly coming into to the showcase um but obviously did this gave me a, a better idea than it's it's an it's a cool concept of you know kind of a lone human getting thrown into a alien world and you know ultimately becoming the the hero i mean it's it's one that um we, we it's not exactly one we're we're a stranger to. We've seen it in movies and, and books and, and such and Avatar and, crossed with Stargate. <laughs> yeah. Um Ah, the remake, yeah, the remake was uh, released in twenty seventeen. Um it was titled Outcast Second Contact. 
Right. Um, okay. Which is quite confusing, you know, <laughs> the remake Second Contact and then having Outcast 2 because people are going to be thinking, so have we not already had an Outcast 2? <laughs> um, but, you know, let's not go down the rabbit hole of, of confusion, confusing video game titles. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's. Um, I, I'd be, I, I've kind of had my eye on the, the remake. For, I remember when the remake launched and I heard a lot about it. Um, so I've been, you know, him and on about giving that a try. So it was, you know, now that there's a, a second one on the horizon, that's, that's uh, even more motivation to do so. So I w- wouldn't rule out um, having a go at this one. Cause as I said, it, it's, it's, it's mostly like the, the concept of of having like a lone human put on a an alien world that that intrigues me. I know uh, Prey, the original Prey two, uh, that got cancelled ultimately had that that very concept where a human was kind of abducted and and placed in into a an alien world where they worked as a, a bounty hunter and it's just it's just it's really cool. I mean it's. So it's like Star-Lord in, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. It's that, that's the kind of vibe I get. So it's just, as I said, it's just a, a really cool concept. Maybe secretly I, I wish that, that I had been abducted by aliens and, and placed on an alien world. Maybe that's why I, I, I like the concept. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's one I'll be certainly keeping an eye on. Yeah, I think when it's out and if we see the the, 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 the actual scope of it, I think that'll be quite interesting really um but yeah i'd be wanting i think it's one to keep an eye on more than anything but that was quite a lot of that in 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 this showcase and for me probably those next one expeditions rome i mean it's only i think it's only announced for pc but we have seen games like this eventually come to console um this what i don't know how you'd word it it's not exactly a civilization it's what you control a squad in a in a turn-based typey world I wouldn't compare it like wastelandy, maybe. Yeah, I I think um, you know it, it definitely gives the vibe of of uh, kind of a uh, those isometric RPGs. Um, I mean, uh, to me, uh, I you know I'd call it like a commando like because commandos mm. is the the first game of of that style that. Um, uh, I can recall, um, so kind of like your commandos, your desperados, um, which uh, coincidentally was another THQ Nordic game, De- Desperados Three, not so long ago, um, and we'll talk about another one that's in that vein uh, in the not so distant future. Um, I-, I like those games. I have fond memories of of playing Commandos and and Commandos Two back on on the PC. I I own the games again on on GOG.com. Um, and they're just just a lot of fun. It was just the I, I always liked the particularly with the Commandos series, like the the choice you had as as far as how you take on a level, like with your different characters, that the different ways you can you can take down enemies. Um, now, I mean, this looks a lot more combat based than 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 perhaps Commandos was. Um, but nonetheless, it it is a genre that that I like and that I've always retained an interest in, and you know, tack a you know a historic appeal on, and it's it's all the more interesting to me. So, 
Um, this is an, another one that was definitely uh, up my alley. I mean, what, what about you? Yeah, it, it, I don't know if they announced it had co-op or anything like that. It'd be one of them ones if it did have co-op. I'd, I'd play with one of my specific mates who we just tend to get through games like that. Um, it, it, it would be of interest. I probably, well, I know for a fact my Mac that I'm on now would not probably have enough power for it. But if it ever does make it to a console, it, it'd be one I'd, I'd, I'd certainly look at 100%. Um, and that's always, it's always a bloody shame. I'd one of, it'd be one of them. One of these years, I'll have to get a PC, won't uh, Space and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it, it looked right up my street. But annoying, kind of being locked out on a on an old boring console, I suppose. But yeah, it, it's a, it's a game I'd play a hundred percent. Next up, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has played a game similar or even just this game. Uh, MXV versus ATV Legends. Um, yeah. Who hasn't had fun on one of the similar type of game? I mean, I, I'm just proud that I, you know, in in our preview of this event that looking at um, the studio's kind of release history that I guessed that a, an MX versus ATV title was due and I was right in that sense there was a clear pattern to their releases so it, it seems like they're they're fitting they're they're sticking to that pattern um yeah I mean it's it's not really for for me um I mean it just when we were taught reminds me of when we talked about Gran Turismo 7 um when we were reviewing the the Sony event last week you know, I, I don't think we're probably the the best to to speak about this. I mean, we're, we're more the kind of you know fair weather mm. racing fans that might jump into the odd racing game. You just kind of get that that itch to you know you think oh I haven't played a racing game in years and you just pick one up or one's on Game Pass or it's you know free for the 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 PlayStation Plus games or whatever the case might be and you might jump into it and have a few races that'd be kind of my approach to racing games these days it was very you know in the past there was one or two that I got more into in a deeper level like Forza 2 and and a couple of Need for Speed games but that those days are are long gone so you know I'm not really in a, a position to to comment too much on this but but like you know similar to, to Gran Turismo 7 I'd say that these kind of games really show off what the the current gen consoles can do in in terms of a, a visual sense like it, it looks pretty and you, you can't help but just you know even though it's not your kind of game just to watch these trailers because they just look so impressive yeah exactly exactly I think as you say we said the same about Gran Turismo falls and stuff like that if you can't get it on the cheap you're probably not going to pick it up unless you're a racing fan i think um f1 seems to be the more e-sporty one so yeah the others kind of just there for enjoyment really um superpower free we kind of only got a cinematic trailer um i was only half listening to the actual uh thingy but I'll, I'll i'll explain why later on um the actual showcase itself did, did they mention what type of game this was because it, it looks a bit more i want to say civilizationist but it looks a bit more what's that board game uh the one where you country against country any of your people know what i'm going about um 
But yeah, it looks it looks more like country versus country. Maybe maybe not the world building of civilization. Like, like risk. Risk. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like to me. But again, it's only a cinematic trailer, so we don't really know. But did, did they mention anything? Yeah. So it's it's one of those kind of political simulators. You know, it's a very kind of uh, let's say like withdrawn strategy game you know it's not going to be like your Age of Empires Command and Conquer where you're commanding units on a on a field I, I think Risk is a very apt um, comparison I, I think it is you know it it, it would have more maybe in, in common with like a, a, a Total War game mm. um Although I, I don't think you have kind of the option to control the battles like you would in, in Total War. Um, I mean, outside of Total War, those kind of strategy games have never really been my thing. I mean, I, I'd rather to be able to kind of get more focused on a, a battlefield and, and control my units directly. Um, I, I think as well, like, you know, it's it's um, it's just the, the hours upon hours that a game of a lot of these these sort of strategy games could take i mean i'm just not sure i have the the patience to to sit down to to one of them i mean a lot goes into them and it's always impressed me how complex and deep they they can be um but it's it's just not my kind of 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 strategy game i'll be honest as well i i hadn't heard of this series before they showcase so I'm I'm very surprised that this is Superpower Three because I've I've never heard of of Superpower One or Two. Either have I, either have I. Um, but yeah, I've not had loads of experience. I mean, similar games. I think every, most people have played Civ at one point, but I've never really I've not even played like Total War and stuff like that to be honest. So I've probably no reason, nothing to compare it to really. Um, Elix or Elix? I'll go with Elix. Elix 2, again, cinematic, so you might have to fill in some blanks for me. Skybeam, big monstery people, looks, could be fun, but again, I'm I'm only going off a cinematic. I've been fooled before, but uh, anything mentioned about type of game it is, or just third person shooty shoot? Yeah, so Elix is. I actually own the first game. Right, um, okay. I haven't haven't played much of it. Um, it. It's. An RPG, um, you know, very oh, much. Yeah. You know, you're you're a third person RPG. You're focused it on like your riders. Your one character. Yeah, I can I can certainly get that that vibe um, from it. But it, I mean, it, it's obviously in in this this um, kind of it's it's more common um, in terms of these kind of you know single character focused RPGs that we we generally associate with the the Western gaming world, you know, we, we have the, you know, your Skyrims and your Fallouts and your Witchers, which are kind of the, the cream of the crop, but there's a lot of uh, studios, particularly European studios that, that create these games, give us, you have uh, Spiders, um, are of note, and then, uh, you know, the, the Elix series is a, well, it's going to be a series, obviously, once this game launch is, is another one that, that kind of placed itself on the, on the map and that, that a lot of people would be aware of and the first game had a great reputation which is is why i i picked it up i, th- I think a lot of people had had uh, plenty of fun with, with this one so 
Um, I, I think there's certainly an anticipation of this title, and I think that's why this was kind of one of the one the games they confirmed ahead of the showcase. Mm. You know that this was the one that wasn't really a surprise. We, we knew it was coming. Um, so, I'm, I'm, it makes a lot of sense. We we talked about it in the the preview as well. It doesn't surprise me at all that they're they're doing a sequel, uh, given the the popularity of the the first game. Um, and it's it's a as I said, it's a, it's a genre that you know we we have some heavy hitters in, but it's not one that like we get a lot of games in. Um, so it's nice that it you know. Studios like Piranha Bytes and, and as I mentioned before, Spiders have kind of stepped into the void there and are, are bringing um, these games out. Yeah, I mean, if it's got a similar uh, hype or level of production as something like Greedfall, which I played, must have been last year, maybe time, time doesn't exist anymore, but last couple of years, I, I never finished Greedfall, but I would have liked to have gone, I might go back and finish it because. I'm nearly done with Hades, um, so maybe I need to go back on that. Um, but yeah, RPGs. There's it seems to as you said. There's there's the AAA everyone everyone loves, but you you need stuff in between that. And if that's filling this void, maybe it can be better as well. Because Witcher two or Witcher three, big jump there. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, now that I know it's an RPG, again, want to keep an eye on just like Outcast. Um, Jagged Alliance Free. Now this looked more XCOM-y than the ones we mentioned previous. I believe it was PC only as well, and we got a bit more gameplay on this one. Uh, it looked good if you're into that type of game, which I in- I do enjoy these type of game. I mentioned with the Marvel uh, Midnight Sun pe- game on the last couple shows. Um, but it's not one that gets the heart racing. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I I'm aware of the Jagged Alliance series. I've I've never played any of them. Um, fun tip, actually. Uh, um, because of this anniversary, the first game in the series, that the gold edition, so that the game along with all its uh, DLC is free on Steam until the 23rd of September. So, um. If you want to, you're interested in giving that a try. Um, check it out. I mean, that the first, it's it's quite dated. I mean, the first Jack Lions came out in the '90s, so uh, it's been a it's, it's been a minute, but um, it'll, it'll give you kind of an idea of this series. I, I think XCOM is a is a sound comparison. Um, I I certainly get that that vibe as well. Um, with the with Jack Lions three, I, th- I think the older games were. You know, somewhat different. They they were uh, well. I, I suppose, yeah, maybe a little more like the early um, XCOMs. So I guess mm-hmm. it's just made the the similar evolution mm-hmm. uh, to to the um, to the XCOM series. So it is. It, it's a it's a fitting um, comparison uh, to make. Indeed, I mean, like I I like the. I've talked about the XCOM games before. I, I like them. I'm terrible at them, but I do enjoy them. You know, it's, it's you know I'm, I'm happy to get my ass kicked by them, um. So I I might give this a, a try, particularly given that the the first one's free on on Steam at the moment. So I'd check that out, and and then if obviously if I like the first one, I'll I'll keep an eye on this one. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best way I look at it. 
Uh, last game then. I'm not sure why <laughs> why it finished with this one. Was SpongeBob SquarePants the Cosmic Shake? Anything at all? I mean, they they only recently uh, re-released, kind of did a, well, a remaster, let's say, of um, the uh, Battle in Bikini Bottom. Am I I saying that correct? Yeah, I think Um, that's right, yeah. Battle for Bikini Bottom, rehydrated edition. And, I mean, I'd always heard of of Battle for Bikini Bottom. I, I couldn't name another SpongeBob video game. I know there's a lot of them. Uh, given the the popularity of the the cartoon, and why wouldn't it be popular? SpongeBob's awesome, but um, Battle for Bikini Bottom is one that had a great, has always had a great reputation uh, since it, it came out. Um, I think God, it must be the guts of twenty years ago. Hmm. Um, would have been like one of the early SpongeBob games. So when they uh, remastered it. I kind of felt like I had to, to play, and I don't really play that kind of game, but it, it, it's been one that, that often pops into my mind when I'm looking through stores and stuff and, and think I might might pick it up um, and give it a go. So given the, the popularity of that game, I'm not surprised that, that they're coming out with a, a follow-up. It, it makes a lot of sense, and I can see kind of why they, they'd uh, bookend this this showcase with... with um, Destroy All Humans at one end and Spongebob at the other because I feel they're probably the two series that are, are most going to uh, appeal to, to fans. And it, it's mm-hmm. just interesting, really, the, the kind of um, re-emergence in, in terms of video games that uh, Nickelodeon properties have had in, in the past few years. I mean, obviously, you have these Spongebob games there's that Nickelodeon um, kind of Smash Bros. Or the All Star uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Mm. Don't they have a Mario Kart as well? Uh, yeah, there's uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Uh, I think the first one was a bit iffy. Um, you know, it came out 2018. It, it didn't do so well. But I think the second one that came out last year um, was a, a notable improvement. So it's it's interesting just that the, the Reemergence. There. There's also the uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game uh, we talked about on the the show a few weeks ago. Uh, that that's coming out. So it, it just seems like a a renaissance almost of of uh, Nickelodeon games. I mean, they they were print printing them in the 90s and 90s, but kind of felt like it went quiet then for for a few years. But they're they're definitely back. Yeah, it seems that way. And everyone, everyone's grew up with Nickelodeon in their life. I mean, Drake and Josh, Kane and Kel, SpongeBob. Who doesn't love that shit? That's type of stuff. Um, that's it then. I mean, it was a as it is, bookended by two of the probably more well-known games. You probably say, as you say, as you say. Um, Oh, I mean, we give our overall thoughts, but we've we've gone through it now. Stuff to look forward to, you'd probably say? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's um, as I said, there's a, a few games. You know, there, there's no there's no one title here that, that I'd say that I'd personally be, be rushing out to buy. But there's definitely a lot of, of um, 
potential, you know, with the, the likes of Destroy All Humans 2, Elix 2, and, and you know, probably SpongeBob as well, the, the Cosmic Shake, um, because their games, as I said, that, that um, their previous iterations have, have been on my radar for some time, and I'm constantly hemming and hawing about them. I, as I said, I own Elex, so I could, I could uh, jump into that at any time. And obviously, if um, if the earlier games kind of are my thing and I enjoy them, then I'm more likely to to jump into the to the follow up. So, um, these could be certainly titles that I, I pick up down the road and and give a try. I mean, anything at all that that jumped out for you? I mean, one destroy all humans probably the one I'm most uh, familiar with. One I'm looking forward to. I think from that showing, I'd probably say Outcast 2 or Expeditions Rome, but I probably won't get to play Expeditions Rome because I doubt it'll come up Xbox uh, or console, I should say. But Outcast 2, something I'll keep an eye on, but now I've had Elix 2 de- uh, described to me and that used to be a hit and RPG and stuff like that. I, I think probably Outcast 2 and Elix 2, probably stuff I'll look forward to, yeah. So not loads there, but stuff that actually interests in you and, and not a sizzle reel insight. How about that? <laughs> um, but yeah, a good quick showing because, I mean, we've, we've criticised multiple people in the past for doing an hour when half an hour would do. So fair enough, doing 25 minutes, spot on. Um, but, bef- I mean, before we go, Cal, uh, what have you been playing since we last talked last week? Um, since last week, what have I played? Yeah, that is a good question. Well, I've I've played a uh, plenty of Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> That's a given. Um, outside that, um, not a lot actually. But I, I was actually my my girlfriend and I went to Token on Saturday. It's like a an arcade bar here. Oh, I hadn't been in it since uh, pre COVID. Mm. Um, so got a chance to to play some. Classic arcade games, some of the Spider-Man beat-em-ups, some Street Fighter 2, some Time Crisis 2, a, a personal favorite of mine when it comes to arcade games. I mean, there's nothing quite like picking up the gun and oh, yes. shooting at the screen yourself. House, House so. of the Dead. House of the Dead, that's all. They don't actually have a, oh, a, a House of the Dead machine there, which is surprising. I mean, they, they have, um, as I said, they have Time Crisis 2 and prior to covid they had a point blank um machine up as well but i think they're the only two like on games that they have that they might have they they tend to acquire new machines and, and rotate them in and out so they might have a few kind of in storage but they're probably waiting until post covid to to get kind of some of the old machines mm. and some new machines in there so be interesting to see what they have there in a few months but that was kind of my primary gaming experience over the past week but it's it's fun to get back out in into an arcade what about you what have you been playing at you alluded to the uh call of duty beta earlier on the show yeah so that that the open beta hit uh over the weekend it might have been sunday actually but um somehow got a code uh, they tweeted a code for everyone on saturday or how it works as a code so saturday night Sunday and before we I start we started doing this I I was on it, um yeah it, it, I don't know how to word this it doesn't feel like what I played when I loved Call of Duty from four to Black Ops two 
Um, it, it to sum it up, it's basically modern warfare. So the the one from two years ago with a World War Two skin. It, it's the same engine. You do your knee slidey stuff. Um, there's already hackers in the beta, which if you if you're not a Warzone player, everyone knows the the hacking problem in that game. There's, there's hackers on the beta. Um, some of it I like, like it, it plays well. It plays familiar because it is the same engine. Um, the maps aren't too impressive, which is still my main takeaway. I, you might be different to me. I do. What what are your what are your favorite cods? Are you a four a four to six person like me? Yeah, I mean, I kind of cut my teeth on on cod on well I actually would have played the the original cloud on pc because mm. um matt who we had on the the podcast uh in the past um his dad was a big pc gamer and, and particularly right, likes first person shooters so um i remember playing call of duty on his pc um but you know in, in terms of myself um the first one i would have owned would have been call of duty 2 on the the 360 and followed quickly by Call of Duty 3. But then I think when I really jumped into the series then was was with uh, COD 4 and mm-hmm. then World at War and Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. And I think those kind of three games were kind of the my longest spell on Call of yeah. Duty. I, I would have played a couple after that and I, I owned them, but I would have kind of played the campaign and played it, yeah. you know, maybe 10 or so hours of multiplayer and then moved on to something else. Um, so it's been a while since I've been kind of a, you know, what I what I'd call a, a Call of Duty player, and I, I haven't even purchased one in a, since I think World uh, World War Two, mm-hmm. and that would have been the last one that I played the multiplayer of as a result. Um, so I don't really have a context for the the more recent yeah. titles in the the series. Um, I, I haven't even played um, Warzone. Uh, which I know will be shock horror to a lot of people, uh, given its popularity. And I, I, I really should because I think it's strange. You that, should, that you I should have not, just, not, just... In it, not in its current state. It's not pretty. <laughs> but it, I, I was reading actually earlier, and that, that kind of slipped my mind as what you were saying there about there, there being hackers on the beta already, and that that just seems crazy to me. I, I remember when I returned to. Um, Call of Duty World at War a few years after um, it had released. I just kind of had a the desire to play it. I hadn't played it in years. I think it was when we were kind of at that time starved of World War Two shooters. Mm. And I went on it and, you know, you just see like God mode on the screen and people would be like <laughs> jumping around and shooting laser beams at you and all this nonsense. And it just... It just ruined the game, really. So the idea that 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 is already happening on a brand new Call of Duty um, is is pretty concerning to me. Yeah, I mean, last week there was fly. You could fly in the vehicles on Warzone, so you could just well, obviously you got helicopters and stuff. But people were like flying around the map on motorcycles and stuff like that, which is always fun. Uh, but yeah, I, my point I was making before that. I'm sure you remember maps that you loved on 4, 5, and 6. Because I do. I like wet work. Uh, I hated Countdown, but I remember it. Block, I loved. Um, Subpens and stuff like that on, on, on Modern Warfare 2. Castle. But I don't think I can remember a Call of Duty map that, that isn't like just a remake of one on, on the uh, 
or Black Ops as well. It, it, it just everything feels like formulaic. It's just free lanes and stuff. That's probably my biggest problem with Call of Duty multiplayer. The maps are just boring and formulaic and crap, really. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's just more of the same from Call of Duty, I think. Um, and where you probably differ from the Call of Duty community that people aren't happy about it being a World War Two shooter, even even though they've, they've kind of took most of the stuff about it being World War Two. They're like, you can now get like red dot sites and stuff like that in World War Two. So I think they've just went, eh, realism's not it. Um, but yeah, if you liked Call of Duty and you just like something to play online for for a few, a, a few hours. It seems pretty easy to play to me, but I if my unless my mate buys it from game sharing with I probably won't buy it. Like they do it the in terms of story, I think they're doing them vignette things that a battlefield are doing. So see might not even be worth picking up for the story, but yeah. It it's just more recent Call of Duty. It, it's it's modern warfare with, with a um World War Two skin. So yeah, if you, if you like Modern Warfare, if you like their multiplayer, it, it, it's the Warzone engine. So yeah, if if you like that, give it a bash. I think it's open till Wednesday, but you'll you'll see plenty of content creators and stuff playing it if you if you don't get a chance. Um, but yeah, that that's it for me. I've, I've been on Overwatch the odd time, still playing Hades. Probably looking for another single player game soon as soon as a hundred percent Hades. Um, but yeah, that that's it. Um. But I think that's it for the podcast, unless any news breaks in the next two seconds, which usually does after we stop recording. Well, that's it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.